G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are talking must-draft players. You have to draft these players, and if you do, you will win your league. You will win thousands of dollars. You will get a promotion. You'll never have any bad luck ever again. Your ex will take you back. All the above. Let's go! talking about G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And welcome to the Must Draft Podcast. Now, I went a bit overboard in the uh, intro there. Obviously, um, this will not solve world hunger, and you will not be the richest man in the world if you draft these players. But what we will be doing in this podcast is we'll be going through every round except for round one because, I mean, they're all great players. But every round from round two to round ten I've kind of selected of players that I think based on their ADP on all three of the major sites, ESPN, Yahoo, and Fantrax. And I'm picking out one player from every site that I think is going too low and that you can get insane value in in each round of the draft. Now, in some sites, ESPN... There is more than one, so um, just keep that in mind. And this is for category leagues. Again, I emphasize category leagues. I will be doing a points league version of this podcast probably tomorrow. So stay tuned for that one if you are looking for the points league version that is coming. This is for category leagues. I want to specify that. Um with mostly a head-to-head sort of spin on it. But again, you can get a lot of value if you are also in a Roto League. So again, category leagues, must-draft players, players who are going to smash their ADP in each round. Let's get stuck in. Second round. Now again, I'm pulling this ADP data from my good friends over at Hashtag Basketball. And again, I'm recording this on the... 9th of October. So by the time you maybe watch this later, these ADPs might be a bit different. Uh, Yahoo just recently did a rankings update. So that does obviously influence their ADP as well. But I had to do this video at some point. So it's coming out now. So Yahoo, the must-have player in the second round, in my opinion, is Trey Young. So he is going at an ADP of 18.9. I am personally fine with taking him at the very beginning of the second round. Picks 13 or pick 14. You pair him with a Lamelo, a Damian Lillard, a um, Steph Curry, or any of those guards there, and you are on your way to an amazing punt blocks, punt field goal percentage, or whatever, or both type of build. You ignore the turnovers. He is elite in free throw percentage and assists. He's a great scorer, shoots a decent amount of threes as well. So all the things that you want in your guard, those stats are hard to come by after the second round. So grab him. Again, his nine-category ranking might not be this high, but it doesn't matter. It's about his strengths. It's about what he does that you cannot find later in the draft. So I am very fine with getting him as high as pick 13. If you want to take him as soon as the second round starts, go for it. I think that there is no argument from me. Even if you want to take him at pick 12 with some of those guys that are a bit more injury-prone, like there's an argument for it. I don't think I would do it, but... 
I I can I can see a valid argument for it. On ESPN, craziness. Again, I'm going to say this so many times, but ESPN, LaMelo Ball, he's going at 20. This is a first-round player. He's a first-round player in points leagues and category leagues. You can't even argue that to me. So I know their rankings and ADP slant more, well, ADP slants more points leagues, but LaMelo Ball is a first-rounder in both, in my opinion. So... I don't know why he's available at 20. Again, you must draft LaMelo Ball in the second round if he is there at pick 20. This is like an actual thing that you must draft him there because if he falls that far, the rest of your league is asleep. Um, to me, I am. I did a video on my first round picks for category leagues. He was at number eight for me and he was in a tier before the next group at nine to 12. So I think that he is going to be uh, really good this season. Again, field goal percentage is his worry. Punt it. Punt that. Punt turnovers. He's like a top five player. And I think he's going to do that fairly comfortably. Not worried about the ankle injuries at all. Um, you roll your ankles a couple of times. Doesn't make you injury prone. Fan tracks. Um, they've got Kyrie Irving as an ADP of 19.5. Very similar to Trey Young for the Yahoo side of things. I just think that he is someone I'm very happy taking early in the second round. He's... Really good across the board. He's probably one of the more evenly distributed um, positive contributors in the first couple of rounds, but particularly his boost in points and his boost in free throw percentage is extremely valuable. Again, that categorical scarcity, those things are harder to find later. He is someone who hasn't had injury issues for the last couple of seasons. He obviously misses games for different reasons a lot of the time, but... Again, last season in the playoffs, he was there. So, again, a lot of these guys have their risks at this point, but on a per-game basis in a nine-category setting, he is a top 10 player. In a minus one, he's probably closer to that sort of 13-14 range, which is where I think he should be going, in my opinion. So, that is the must-grab players in this second round. Let's talk third round. Third round on Yahoo, uh, Bam Adebayo has an ADP of 32.6. And I think now that we know that Damian Lillard is not going to be there, I have much more confidence drafting Bam higher than this. I think he is a mid to early third round guy. I, I have a little bit of optimism that his usage is going to stay high and that his assists are going to rise back up over four, maybe even closer to five per game. I don't expect Kyle Lowry to be a... A huge contributor to this team. Now, he reckons he's starting, according to a few quotes, and he might very well start, but I don't think his minutes are going to be all that high. I think also they're going to want the ball in the hands of Bam and Jimmy Moore. And we know that before Kyle Lowry came to um, Miami, Bam was averaging five assists per game. And if he can get anywhere near that vicinity, he is someone that can be a top 20 guy, very efficient from both the field and the free throw line. Stealing a block per game, rebounds. Now, the rebounds did dip a little bit when Kevin Love started playing some more minutes, but again, it's Kevin Love. Like, is he going to play a whole bunch this season? Maybe a little bit, but I still think he's good for nine rebounds per game, uh, really. So he's just a really solid guy there that I think, now that we know Dem isn't there, I'm happy pushing him up a bit higher. ESPN and Fentrax, it's the same player. Now, I just did the number 14 most interesting fantasy basketball player, and it was Jaron Jackson Jr. And on that show... I detail that on fan tracks, his ADP at 41.6 seems really off to me. Um, I don't think that it's legit. I had to double check it, confirm that it was right. It is right, according to fan tracks and according to hashtag basketball. But I don't know. It just seems really off to me. I don't think I've ever seen him go that late. I've seen him starting to fall, though. So I did put him in this one, and he is starting to drop in some drafts. 
A lot of the times he is going in the third round in some mocks that I do. And I don't think he should escape the second round, in my opinion. I really think that he's a second round player. One of the teams in your draft, whether you started with Shea, Steph, or Tatum, probably even Embiid if you really wanted to, you grab Jaron Jackson Jr. and you now punt assists and you have basically a top five player in that build. I know his blocks overvalue his or oversell his value. That's true. But I think, as I detailed in my most recent video, I think he's going to score more than 21 points per game. His free throw attempts are going to go up and he's got upside in that percentage from last season. And I think he's a player that does more than just block shots. He gets a steal per game. He shoots threes. Everything he does is... is Positive or average or above average, except for assists. So that's the one category. And then when we have one negative category, one poor category, you can punt it and that makes it much more manageable. So I think Jaron Jackson Jr. shouldn't escape the second round, in my opinion. If you're getting him in the third round, even if you're not punting assists at that point, it's just it's a great player to grab and solidify your box without hurting you anywhere except for that assist category. And if you've gone two assist guys in the first two rounds, you can now wear that because now the assists start to dry up a little bit from there on. So I think in the third, he is classified to me as a must-add player, must-have. All right, round four. My guy for both Yahoo and Fantrax is Jordan Poole. Now, on Yahoo, he is going at 48.7. Fantrax, very similarly, 49.7. This guy, again, I think he's a clear third-round guy. You can draft him... Look, this is the fifth round. Um, if I'm actually not mistaken here, let me double check. Have I got this right? So no, this is the so third round. Yeah, this is the the fourth round at the end of the fourth round, start of the fifth round. So if you're getting him at the start of the third round or start of the fourth round, I think it's a bargain. If you really wanted to, you can go into the third round towards the end if you want to. And I still think he has upside there. I think we are underrating the value of his free throw percentage and the volume at which he's going to get to the line. He got to the line, I think, six times in 30 minutes at Golden State. Um, Let me just double check that, actually. Maybe it was five times per game. Um, In any which way, it was was an extraordinarily high volume. And again, he shot 90-plus percent from the field before. So yeah, 5.1 attempts from the free throw line. And again, that was in 30 minutes as a backup in Golden State. When he goes to Washington and he's the guy, he's a starter, I expect him to play maybe four or five minutes more. I think that that free throw attempt rate is going to go north of six and a half, seven per game. He's going to get a lot of trips to the line and that is going to dramatically increase his value. That is um, a big underrated factor when it comes to his category league value. Yes, he's going to be poor in field goal percentage. That's fine. I get it. But field goal percentage is easier to get later than free throw percentage is. You get some of those big guys like that shoot 60, 70%. It does hurt your team, but it's not unrecoverable. And if you're getting him in the 40s, it's not an automatic punt situation. It doesn't mean you have to go there, but you also have that option. And if you do punt the field goal percentage, I think there's a chance that this guy's a top 20 player in that build. In my minus one rankings, he is a top 30 player. Um, in nine category leagues, he is a top 40 guy. So again, if you get him in the 40s, you don't even need to punt the field goal percentage. And I think he he easily beats this value. So big, big fan of Jordan Poole. On ESPN, Desmond Bain, again, slanting towards the points leagues. In a points league, this would be more about where I would want him. But in a category leagues, um, he goes in round two sometimes in other sites. I actually don't think he should be going that high. I think he's more of a round three player. But if you're getting him in the 50s, 
and late 40s, I think you've got about 20 spots of value there uh, for the entire season, not just while Jar is out. I think that he is a guy that can return more than that or, or a fair bit more than that, even when Jar comes back. So love his value at that point, even though I'm not typically a big uh, Desmond Bain fan where he's going on other sites. Let's talk about the fifth round on Yahoo. With the first guy here we've got is Tyrese Maxey. I think that last year he was on my uh, don't draft list, but this season I'm in on Tyrese Maxey. I think he's set for a decently big year. This one, uh, compared to some of the other ones, I don't feel as passionately about, but again, he's a guy that's just going to score a lot. He scores efficiently. He gets threes. I think his assists are going to rise this season. I'm not buying James Harden staying on this team at the moment. I know he's playing and, and doing practices, and he hasn't played the preseason game yet, but I think that he will eventually move, or the pouting will begin when we get close to the season. So... I'm not buying that James Harden's going to be a big factor on this team. So I think that Tyrese Maxey takes a larger role, a larger chunk of the offense. And again, when you are someone who can shoot high percentages in high 40s, get your three threes a game, shoot well from the free throw line on decent volume. Um, now, you're not going to get any defensive stats. Let's let's clear that up. But he doesn't rebound the ball well, but there is definitely something to be said about shooting um, three threes a game, you know, 22 to 23 points, getting, you know, four and a half to five assists per game. Um, on efficient shooting, I think that there is definitely some value to that. So at 57, I think that that is a great spot. ESPN, man, what are you doing? Cade Cunningham, 55. Um, Yeah, just way, way too low. I I think that we're sleeping on Cade. Um, Look, I have him really high in my rankings. I, I know that's a bit bullish. But at 55, you are, you're absolutely kidding yourselves. I think that this guy, I'm pretty sure he was like this in 9-cat or an 8-cat setting, at least in his rookie season. So a guy that is going to come out, he's basically going to put up, what, 22, 6.5, 6.5 on two threes, 1.1, 1.2 steals, 0.7 blocks. Even if he shoots poorly, he gets there in a 9-cat setting. Um, and then, of course, you've got punting involved and you can punt the field goal percentage. You don't worry about the turnovers. And he's like a top 30, top 40 player easily with scope to be much better than that. So at 55, absolute must-draft player at that point. Fan tracks, I've put DeAndre Ayton here. 65.5 is his ADP. Now, I'm expecting this to come in a little bit, but it has a fair way to go before I think we actually get to where we should be drafting him. So again... Going off the ADP, this might change between now and the time you are watching this video, but I think he should be drafted probably in the fourth round. If you are someone who is punting assists and steals, he is someone that you could get at the end of the third round. I drafted him on the turn in the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl at pick 37, Um, so the first pick of the fourth round, and I feel absolutely fine about it in that build because I was punting assists and steals. He was perfect for that. I think he's got a chance at averaging 20 and 10, a block per game, close to 60% shooting from the field, and he doesn't kill you from the free throw line at about 78%. So he is someone that in certain builds can be absolutely perfect. And at 65, I know it's going to come in because people are still reacting to the trade and things like that, but it has to come in a long way before I think we actually get to where he should be going. So I still think I can put him on the list here as a must-draft player. 
Before we get into the round six, guys, just a reminder, head over to ballboysmba.com if you are in search for a fantasy basketball season guide to help you with your drafts coming up. I've got top 150 rankings for points and category leagues, top 250 projections on all uh, nine categories, and on there I have my nine-cat ranking, my eight-cat ranking, minus one rankings, ESPN points projections, Yahoo points projections, and we also have the top 250 dynasty rankings with all players' strengths and weaknesses all listed on there as well and my comments on all 250 of them and we've also got some exclusive uh, fantasy basketball articles including my favorite punt builds and during the season we will be going through for uh, platinum members um, some exclusive question and answer uh, podcast Q&A podcast throughout the season um, and see how we go so go over there check it out you've got two subscription options and um, get it now before your draft starts and it will definitely help you dominate this season Let's talk about this sixth round. I've got on Yahoo here, Franz Wagner. Now, he has an ADP of 67.8. And I've never been a a big Franz Wagner fan, but I just think that he is sometimes being slept on. I drafted him, I think, again, that same draft at about 61. Again, on the turn of the... So, start of... What was that? Start of the sixth round. But if he's going later than that towards the back half of the sixth round, I think you're getting some serious value. And he has upside to do a lot this season. I think he's uh, Orlando's probably best player. He just has a lot of avenues to get better. Now, I don't exactly know where he gets better in, but he could be someone that you know gets to the free throw line a lot more, um, starts shooting more threes. We know that someone like a Jason Tatum did that in his career early on where he was you know settling for a lot of mid-range jump shots and now started to up his three-point volume. I think that that is something that France could potentially do this season. Um, and he just doesn't hurt you anywhere. He doesn't give you blocks. It's probably the only thing that um, brings his value down. But again, in a punt block situation, he ranks quite well. Um, I just think that this is too low for him. I think a 67.8... There's a lot of upside here at that point. Young player, plays a lot. Um, so yeah, I really like Franz Wagner there. ESPN, you're drunk. You're absolutely drunk. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, 70.2. 70.2. Like, what are we doing? I know he's not as good in points leagues, but even in a points league, that's like 20 spots off. Fred Van Vliet at 70.2. He goes in the second round in other sides. Like, I don't I don't get it. What are we doing over there at ESPN? Um, I'm sorry if you play ESPN, but it really is a place where casual viewers go to draft. And if you are if you know half of anything, Fred Van Vliet should not be going 40 spots close to this in a category league. He should be absolutely drafted in the top 30, probably in the top. 25, in my opinion. I know he's over in Houston, but he's going to start. He shoots a lot of threes. He gets a lot of assists. He steals. He gets blocks for a guard. He shoots good free throw percentage. I know his field goal sucks. You can punt it, or even if you get him in the third or fourth round, if he's falling that far, again, you, you can you can get those bigger guys later. Like I was, in a, I was in a punt assist build, and I got Fred Van Vliet in the third round, and my field goal percentage was absolutely fine by the end because I drafted all these big guys later. Field goal percentage is much easier to catch up, then free throw percentage. So Fred Van Vliet at 70 to me is insanity. Um, So he is absolutely a must-draft player at that spot. Uh, I hope none of you let him get that far. Fantrax, uh, I'm highlighting Rudy Gobert here at 64.6. Not the worst one. Um, So compared to some of the other ones we've talked about here, I don't think that there's a huge amount of upside from this spot here, but... 
there is just a scenario here where the blocks last year was an anomaly and he goes back up to averaging two blocks per game. We talked about um, you know, someone like a Jaron Jackson Jr. in the last um, most interesting. And we talked about there was only six players averaged two blocks per game. Rudy Gobert could easily join that group again. And again, you talk about um, punt builds. If you punt the free throw percentage, he is someone that is pretty clearly a top 50 in my eyes. Now, again, he does suffer a little bit from that. Um, you know, doesn't score, doesn't shoot threes, shoot poor free throw percentage, doesn't give you assists or steals. So he does have a few negatives to his game. But again, when you're comparing him in a similar kind of range to other unproven bigs, I think that there is definitely some value in Rudy Gobert in the mid-60s. Let's talk the seventh round. I've got Jakob Pertl here, who was always underrated, in my opinion. He's got an ADP on Yahoo at 84, uh, which is the back of this seventh round. So he is just someone that is constantly slept on. Again, poor free throw percentage. But even at this spot, if you get him and you've built up your free throw percentage well enough, he is a guy that can return really good value at this point. In a minus one setting, he's easily a top 60, top 65 player. In a punt free throw build, he's like a top 40 guy. He gets you rebounds. He gets you assists from a a center position. His steals are actually pretty good for a center. So he doesn't have as much of that pitfall of like a Rudy Gobert, um, Walker Kessler, Mitchell Robinson sort of type. He gets other stats outside of the big man, blocks, field goal percentage, and rebounds. He does a little bit else. He does some assist work. He does some steals work. He doesn't score a whole lot. doesn't shoot threes. That's fine. And he also has poor free throws. But you can handle that if you've built it up early or if you're punting free throw percentage. One of your teams, one of the players or the, the people in your draft should absolutely be drafting Jakob Pertl probably before pick 65, pick 70 in my opinion. And you're still getting value at that point. So 84, he's a must-draft player. ESPN again. Man, you're passed out on the ground at this point. You're that drunk. Miles Turner, 74.4. Oh my, oh, gee. I cannot actually understand why this is the case. Um, yeah, I just don't get it. He's, he's what he, he could lead the league in blocks this season. Again, I know it's landed towards points leagues. It makes more sense in that scenario, but in a, in a category league, you have to be aware of the fact that his, if you're sorting by average draft position, he's way down the board. He should be going in the 30s, in my opinion. So 40 spots of value on this ADP. Uh, Fantrax ADP of 79.4. I've got Devin Vassell. He's, again, recently appeared in the top 25 most interesting. On that uh, podcast, we talked about the fact that before his injury, he was the 50th ranked player in a nine-cat setting. I think he has the ability to be better than that this season. Is interesting to see what happens with Keldon Johnson and if he moves to the bench or if it's one of those other players going to the bench. Um, The Wemby effect is there, but I think... Again, when you're drafting him around 80, you've got 30 or more spots of value there. Um, so even if he doesn't perform just as good as that stretch last season and maybe Wemby takes a bit of his usage, you've got more ways to fall back before you even worry about um, losing value at that pick. So I think that he is definitely a great pick at that spot on Fantrax. In the eighth round, uh, I've got Adam King's boy. Shout out to Adam King. Markel Fultz at 96.4. I think at this spot, it's great value. Now, I'm not as high as Kingy is on Fultz, but he can definitely smash this position. And again, when you're getting to this spot, assists will start to become harder to come by. And I think he, 
of the guards in Orlando, I think he is the safest in terms of role. Really good steals guy, great efficient point guard as well. So fits really nicely in those sort of punt threes or even punt free throw percentage builds. Even those free throws have improved up to close to eighty percent. But when you when you want those efficient guards that don't tank your field goal percentage in that type of team, um, this guy can definitely do that. So I'm not expecting him to truly like really you know be groundbreaking and and smash like records or anything like that. But again, in my minus one setting, I I think he's easily sort of top 85-ish with potential to be top 75. So at 96, you've got nearly 20 spots of potential value there, in my opinion. ESPN continue to be a joke of a site for Category League rankings. Uh, I know it's not his rankings, but his ADP. Uh, 96, 92.6. Again, I know it's points league slanted, but if you're in a category league over at ESPN, make sure you're aware of where he is in ADP because he should be going in the 40s or 50s. Again, we talk about those blocks players. He actually, again, another decent assists and steals guy like a um, like a Jakob Pertl, not as much of a black hole in those areas as someone like a Walker Kessler. And on fan tracks, Chris Paul makes the list. Again, another player that made the top 25 most interesting, and I think we're sleeping on him too much. And in this area of the draft... I didn't think I'd be saying this at the start of the preseason because I was quite low on Chris Paul, but I still think that we're expecting him to drop, and I am expecting him to drop, but I think this is far. This is too far. I think he can still be probably a top 75, top 80 guy at worst with the upside that he still clings around that 50 to 60 range. So the assists, I think, will still at least be uh, very good, um, you know, Six and a half to seven and a half is probably my projection. Steel should be at 1.2 to 1.4, and he's going to be efficient enough. Like, he's going to shoot high 40s and good from the free throw line. He's not going to turn the ball over. He won't score a lot, um, but that's fine at this point when you are getting those other elite numbers. So I think at 87 and a half, it's too far for him to fall. So I would definitely be snapping him up. And he goes later than this sometimes. Um, I've seen him go into the 90s and sometimes even into the hundreds on fan tracks. So he is definitely someone that once it gets past like 85, closer to 90, I am grabbing Chris Paul if I need those assists and steals. All right, let's talk round nine. Yahoo. John Collins has an ADP of 103.8. Um, some people aren't John Collins fans, and I can see the argument, but I am a believer that he is going to have at least a little bit of a bounce-back season. And even if he doesn't, he really just returns what you've got here. He, he was, I think, the 100... I want to say the 105th-ranked player or the 100th-ranked player last season. So you're basically drafting him where he was last season. I think he can improve. I think there's more usage opportunity for him here. He's going from a team where there was Trey Young... That was DeJounte Murray. Players like DeAndre Hunter had a lot of the ball there as well to a team that has Larry Markinen. And then you've got, what, Jordan Clarkson, Colin Sexton on the team. And your other front court players are players like Walker Kessler, who shoots like four times a game. Um, you've got uh, Ochai Agbaji potentially there, the rookie, uh, Taylor Hendricks. I, I don't think these guys are threats to you when it comes to your usage. Now, I'm not expecting a bounce back in his rebounds. He's not going to blow the world away with his defensive stats. That's fine. He'll get you close to a block per game, and his efficiency efficiency is quite nice. So he's, he's the kind of player that's like a 50 from the field, 80 from the line type of player. And when that usage does come back, if he gets a bigger shot attempt diet, 
that field goal percentage has a larger ability to positively affect your team. So especially in a punt assist build, maybe a punt assist and steals build, he is absolutely perfect in a situation like that. So at 103.8, if you are the team that is punting assists, and I suggest at least one of you should be because it's a great strategy this year, um, then he is at an absolute must grab, I think, around that. I think I, I think I grabbed him late 80s again in that draft. Again, I was punting assists and steals, so he was perfect for me. Um, maybe could have waited based on this ADP data, but again, didn't want to take the risk because he was he did everything I wanted. So at 103.8, I think that's great. ESPN, Chris Paul, they just got him even later. <laughs> they got him at 101.6. Um, less great in a points league, but still even in a points league, I think he beats that with that assist uh, value there. Fantrax, I've got Andrew Wiggins here at 102.5. Again, not way off, but I do think that Andrew Wiggins, again, sometimes gets slept on. He was in patches last year, sort of like a top 40, top 50 player. And yes, his percentages can be bad, especially the free throw percentage. But again, we talk about players that if you punt that category, he can jump way up. He gets you close to a steal and a block per game. He is going to have to... um, Score more, I think, with Jordan Poole no longer in this side. You're replacing Poole with someone like a Chris Paul. There are points to go around that he, Clay, and Steph probably need to take a step up and cover. So I think he gets close to 20 points per game again. Doesn't blow you away in any other real categories, but he's just kind of solid across the ball outside of that free throw percentage. So I think that is something that, again, if you are the team, someone in your league will be punting free throw percentage, and you need to be aware that Andrew Wiggins at 102.5 is too low for him, and that is a great bargain to get a guy to score, especially in a build that often struggles for players to score a lot in. So if you're loading up a lot of those big guys that don't score as much, Andrew Wiggins is a late guy that can help you come back in that category. The last uh, round that I'm going to do here, the 10th round, Yahoo. It is Ben Simmons. His um, ranking, I think, is still outside the top 140. uh, And his ADP is 126.7. I think he needs to go earlier. I'm very confident now that he is the starting point guard for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, There is still risk there. So I don't think you go grabbing him in the 90s, 80s. But if you can get him between 100 and 110, 105, 115, I think you pull the trigger. Someone in your league will be punting points. Someone in your league will be punting free throw percentage. Someone in your league will be punting threes. There might be someone who's punting two or three of those categories. And if you are that team in that situation, Ben Simmons is an absolute goldmine for those stats that are harder to come by. Steals, assists. Um, he blocks as a guard. He rebounds as a guard. Great field goal percentage as a guard as well. So all the things that your team needs to be strong in, he is strong in. He won't score. He will not hit threes. Don't get it twisted. I'm not being fooled by the preseason videos. I'm not buying it. I will never buy it. But he is a good player in what he does, and what he does well can help your fantasy team if it fits your build. If you are a team that needs points and needs threes, needs free throw percentage, then Ben Simmons is not your guy, but there will be someone in your league that can definitely use Ben Simmons, and he is a must-draft player for that team at this spot. He is insane value. ESPN, we've got Cam Johnson at 115.9. Again, points league hit, but in a category league, he is a top 70 guy, in my opinion. Um, not flashy, not super strong outside of the threes, but just solid across the board. But at 116, that is just... Way too low, uh, as most are ESPN's rankings for a lot of those types of players. And on fan tracks, Zach Collins is the last guy that we'll talk about here. At 119, 
I think he can be a guy that you take inside the top 100 at like that 90s range. Again, I don't think he's going to blow us away, but last year when he started, he put up some really big numbers. They weren't, I think they were top 50 or top 60 numbers. They won't be that good because Wemby's going to be there, but he'll still give you solid percentages in both field goal and free throw. He'll give you maybe a three per game, solid rebounds, really good assists from a center position, probably close to maybe three assists per game from the center position is valuable. A steal and a block. And yeah, he just won't really hurt you from anywhere on the court as well. So I think he is someone, I'm pretty confident in his role. I think he starts next to Wemby because Wemby wants to play power forward this season. So pretty confident he gets a decent chunk of minutes there. So at 119, I think that he is a steal at that spot. Well, there we go, guys. Those are your must-draft players. I've just won you your league right there. You have to draft these guys. You're going to win your league. Let me know. What do you think about those players? Do you disagree with any of those picks? Do you want to just laugh at ESPN and the people drafting over there? Now, again, I know a lot of people drafting over there are doing points leagues, and this will not apply to them. But if you are drafting on ESPN on category leagues, first of all, why? Go join another another site. It's, um, it's terrible over there. Come and join some competitive leagues. And two... If you are joining over there, make sure if you are average, uh, um, sorting it by average draft position that you are aware of those absolute bargains because if there's any of you drafting players at that spot, oh man, I am, I'm jealous because you're going to have some absolute steals on draft day. So let me know, guys. We're going to have the sleeper or the must-draft players for points leagues coming out and later in this week, we're going to have the do-not-draft list as well who are the bus at every round. Until then, see you guys later. Bye.